like a one nine hundred sex line commercial, but she's reading the book of yes. nonsense. Yes. She's fucking loving it. <laughs> oh yeah. She's like, second Elma, I feel so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Call oh, me. God, tell me there's not a second Elma. <laughs> Is I, there you know, a motherfucking second Elma? <laughs> Are you serious? I quit the show. All right. Uh, welcome to God Awful Movies with Mark and Dan. Welcome to Thank God I'm Atheist. the show. It's our show now. God Awful Movies. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because otherwise Eli would just be out wandering the streets and nobody wants that. I'm your host, No Illusions, and we're coming to you live from Salt Lake City, Utah! And of course, joining me from stage right, please welcome my good friend Heath Enright! I love that the scotch precedes you onto the stage there. Um, <laughs> all the important shit is here now. Hello, everybody. Oh, look at all the beautiful white people. I feel comfortable here. <laughs> when I was at the airport, I saw, I saw like two black people walking around. I'm like, I bet Utah just pays them to walk around the airport. You say, see, see, we have two of them now. The and GOP convention does that too. Yeah, <laughs> very similar. And of course, joining me from stage left, give it up for my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. <laughs> Eli, sir, what are you wearing? I'm a Mormon now. I saw your square and your pretty girls who don't believe in the clitoris either, and I'm a Mormon <laughs> now. Uh, you can't, you're not allowed to be a Mormon, Eli. It fucks up the whole show. I, I'm a Mor Mormon now? You are not a Mormon, sir. You have to go back and put on regular clothes. I'm sorry. It's just not a live show until you see Eli's ass, apparently. And show's over. <laughs> it's just downhill from here, folks. And of course, while Eli's back there changing, I want you guys to give a warm round of applause to our special guest masochist today from the Thank God I'm Atheist podcast and the brand new How to Heretics podcast. Please welcome Mark and Dan. Well, hi, friends. Look at all of you. Conference weekends, motherfuckers. That's right. <laughs> Let's do this. We're all going to do our best uh, Mormon apostle tones for the rest of the show. So get, get your blankets ready. We're all going to sleep. <laughs> oh, God, it was so fucking scary walking through the, uh, the temple square where they're praising great leader or whatever. I kept expecting they've got their, they're piping in this whole speech or whatever, and I kept expecting at any second... That they were going to say, also, we have atheists in quadrant four. Get them! <laughs> we were way too polite for that. 
You, you see, now you, don't you feel better? Yeah. <laughs> Available for purchase. <laughs> Subtle. Yeah, no, thank you. We appreciate Subtle here. So I'll tell you what, we have an incredible amount of insanity to get to today. We have a special announcement from Mark and Dan at the end of the show. Uh, so they will be, uh, we will be teasing you with that. Sounds it, exciting, doesn't I it? I feel teased. You guys. Yeah. I should figure yeah. out this real quick. There will definitely yeah. be some gay sex before will, this show is will, over. We will have it all sorted out by the time. We will know what the announcement is by the end of the show. All we'll right. figure that out. And while they're puzzling that out, if you don't mind, tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? All right. We watched Passage to Zarahemla. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, everyone in this room's been there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like right now. Well, they've promo. been to Eli's passage anyway. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it's the story of a primitive tribe of religious people with antiquated values from thousands of years ago, blaming all its problems on Mexicans. Um, basically, GOP the movie. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Sounds right. It's fun. And Eli... How bad was this movie? Well, if you love the Disney Channel, but you hate Pocahontas, you <laughs> will love this movie. I think one way or the other, you would love this movie. It is fucking amazing. I, I, I love any movie that's still trying to explain its precept to you in Act 3. Um, so is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, yeah, I, I actually have a couple. Uh, first of all, best worst, very light slapping. <laughs> yes. There's sure. several moments where it's like they're trying to like get information. And it's like, where's the money? Where's where's the money, Eli? Where is it? There is a moment. We'll get to it. There's a moment where a character gets slapped and forgets to react. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, really, Spike? Oh, right. Sorry. I mean, you got to touch my face. <laughs> All right, Cliff, who is playing Jorge. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have one other one. Um, best worst. I'm a Mormon now. I love it here. And I'm a Mormon now. We are Mormon. Yeah. That's a visual. Yeah. yeah. Right? We're not gay. How bad could it be? <laughs> How many sons do you need? You need to kick one out of the house? Just make another one. <laughs> Ooh, too real. All right. <laughs> I found you. I found you in your hearts. They didn't deserve you. Right. <laughs> I had a best worst. I thought this, this movie had the best worst surprise racism. Oh, my God. Here's the thing. I totally expected racism. I knew that this was going to be about Lamanites. This is going to be about mm -hmm. brown people being bad. I knew that racism was coming. But then they snuck attack me with some, like, modern Mexicans. Yes! And, like, I, wasn't, I didn't see it coming at all. Yes! I, it was great. Yeah, if they could have found a black person for this movie, he would have been picking up a welfare check. Absolutely. <laughs> well, no, in fairness, they couldn't even find a real Mexican. No, they movie. couldn't. But they, but they found somebody to pretend like he was one. And <laughs> They found oh, a Russian dude in, in brown skin. It was amazing. Oh, my God. So I think my best worst is, uh, and you're going to, hear about this throughout the rest of the movie is the completely horrifying and utterly unintentional sexual tension that they place throughout this movie. Everybody clearly wants to fuck slash murder everybody else at all times, <laughs> but it was not intended. 
It's just fantastic. See, that's the nail on the head, though, because it's hard to tell if it's if this is a I want to fuck you or I want to murder you moment. Like they're all they it can feel be both. The same. It can be both. I guess that's <laughs> true. Not- that's true. Mine was best worst playing of a musical instrument. <laughs> As regular listeners to the show will know, my wife has a habit of walking out of our movies, which is rude, really. She did not walk out of this movie. We'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. All right, well, obviously we need to get through this movie quick before Eli and Heath convert to Mormonism. Too late. So, damn it. All right, well, we're going to take a break while I talk them the fuck out of that anyway. And when we come back, we'll leap headfirst into all the ahistorical bullshit that is Passage to Zarahemla. When we tried to hire somebody to proofread Eli's show notes, we had trouble finding the right person for the job. All right, no idea what he meant by first circ, but if the rest of this is supposed to say what I think it says, I refuse to retap it on mortal grants. And when we tried to hire somebody to make sure Eli followed the rules on the whiteboard, we had trouble finding a qualified candidate. I can't think of any way to stop that once it was started, and to be perfectly honest, I don't want to think of a way. But that's because we weren't using ZipRecruiter. That's right, Noah. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. So you can rest easy knowing your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you receive the best possible matches. That's how ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. You can even get a head start on the interview process by adding screening questions to your job post to help identify the most qualified candidates. So you don't have to waste time sorting through a stack of resumes to find the perfect fit. Yeah, it's no wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And the easy-to-use ZipRecruiter dashboard lets you manage your hiring process from start to finish all in one place. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified candidates with immediate results. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash godawfulmovies. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash godawfulmovies. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash godawfulmovies. And never let this happen to you again. Why would he have that in his fridge? That's crazy. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Keeps it cold. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Dormant Mormon Hotel. I'm Chip. I'm disturbingly Caucasian. I'll be taking care of you today. Are you here for the general conference weekend? No, uh, I am not here for that. I, I just had a couple of questions about my room. Oh, please let it be. Where do I go when I die? Please let it be. Where do I go when I die? What's your question? Uh, it's not, not that. It's uh, the TV in my room seems to be mounted facing the wall and i feel like that's a mistake no 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 no. there's a porn on those things oh i see well so, i was actually just gonna watch msnbc that's <laughs> sorry that worse worse than porn worse than porn sir well okay I, you know i guess i could just watch it online but the wi-fi here at the hotel just keeps asking if i'm sure also porn that'll explain the old lady emoticon um Okay, fine. Can I just get some change for the vending machine then? Mm, Depends. What are you going to get? Not porn? 
Well, I can't give you change if you're going to get something with caffeine, sir. Moral objections and all. That, that can't possibly be legal. In Trump's America? Oh, uh, withdrawn. Any other questions? Yeah. What would happen if I just stepped outside and yelled fuck? Earthquake. That's what I thought. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown. And we're going to start this movie off in Leeds, Utah. You know, that place you've heard of. Let's hear it for Leeds. Any any Leeds in the house? Wait, no. Has anybody here actually... You're all Utahns, or most of you. Have you heard of Leeds? Okay, you have. All right, fine. All right, then. That fucks up my first six jokes. It's the only real thing in the movie. And I love... The movie starts in, like, the modern day, and we see a guy, he's a hunter, he's got his rifle out there. But I don't know, because... As bad as Joseph Smith is, I would not be surprised to see a fucking rifle in Zarahemla. That would be not the, that wouldn't be the most anachronistic thing in that book. But Plasma no, this is cannon would have been appropriate. Yeah, for the right. And this first scene is where we're introduced to the main character of the movie. By which, of course, I mean After Effects smoke. Yeah. A third of the sc- I was like, his gun is on fire. It's harder to shoot that way, I imagine. Just the whole screen is covered. It's like a KISS concert. You're just cleaning up the cum and the guitar picks. At How did you I... guys go to a KISS concert? <laughs> I thought there was a tablecloth over the television. It was just so <laughs> fucking murky. Yeah. So we're, we're meeting two, uh, a couple of guys that are out hunting. One guy shoots an elk, but he shot the wrong kind kind of elk. It was duck season. I don't, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he didn't. In hunter culture, to shoot a, a, a cow elk when you've got a bull license or vice versa, it's very, very bad. He was, he, he even ge- for hunters, he's a piece of shit. He okay. That's what I'm getting at. Well, these guys would clearly be hunting humans if it was possible. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah, but you have to have a human license. You have to have the right tag. Right. If yeah. you shoot a woman when you've got a male license, right. that's a problem. Joe Arpaio gives those out. You can get a... I think so. <laughs> you can get a Lamanite license. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So, now, the, I'm going to save you guys a lot of trouble in trying to understand this movie. The, the hunter guy who shoots the elk, the elk gets up and runs off, right? And he's like, oh, well, I got to chase it down. I wouldn't want the thing I shot to suffer. So he walks through a magical portal to another time. And the way this movie presents this is that it's a different forest, right? He's walking through a forest, and then it's now an old growth forest. And we're supposed to be like, fuck, is this the same millennia as he was just in? I, this looks different. It's a little different. A little. A tiny bit different. Yeah, it's southern Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know that some, like, Boy Scout at home was like, Coniferous, he must be back in time. <laughs> Dad, I've been meaning to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's their line. You find it, right? Yeah, oh, you found it real it's fast. cold. Yeah. <laughs> Are they looking? Just keep looking at me. So, yeah, so he goes off to find his elk, winds up back in time where he is shot in the chest by an air- with an arrow by a Lamanite. That appeared out of nowhere. Magic. Yes, a magic. Magic Indians appearing and shooting people. Yes. And I just want to point out that the guy, the hunter who then gets shot, is the writer, director, musician, (laughs) auteur. (laughs) Yeah. Chris Heimerdinger. Heimerdinger. 
Eli didn't make that word up. That's a real name. <laughs> Chris Heimerdinger, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think I may have seen him out in the alley when I was smoking. But he still, uh, still has that gun. So, yeah, so a, a title card later, we cut to the funeral. We're done with that part of the movie. This is not the funeral for the guy we just met that got shot with the arrow. This is a different funeral for, for a character that we haven't met and her children, who, is it just me, are not dressed appropriately for a funeral. I, no. I, I don't know what you're talking about. She's in a gorgeous red top with wizard sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got, like, a neck amulet and, like, crazy eye makeup looking like she just walked off the set of Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> Rodeo clown that makeup. Seems like, that seems like funeral attire, doesn't it? Apparently. And the boy Chucky, I call him Chucky because he's a fat little monster. <laughs> his name's Brock, but he's a fat little monster, is wearing his best funeral, Ed Hardy. It's <laughs> and there's three people at yeah. this funeral. Yeah, the two of them and... Well, there's four, the... and one of them's dead. Well, right. <laughs> Yeah, Brock, the younger brother, is every kid that's ever kicked an airplane seat. He's their avatar. Where's my DS? Playing Animal Crossing. They yell at you if you go away too long. That's true. So, and and in the tradition of Hollywood, particularly Christian movies, of course, we're going to meet the the CPS guy, the Child Protective Services guy, who will be the fucking bad guy in this movie because he's saying... No, 17-year-old girl, you cannot take custody of your 12-year-old brother. At the funeral. At the this funeral. This is a social, like, casket down and I'm breaking up your family. This is why I'm here. <laughs> I got, like, 10 appointments today. I had to be here during this. To be fair, the sister is like, and dips. Like, it is weird to claim dips on your little brother. But I think there's, there's a moment of this family's kind of the solemnity and the, the, the meaning of this funeral that she puts one shitty wilted daisy thing on the coffin and And he he puts the funeral program (laughs) on the coffin here mommy here's a xerox to take to heaven yeah here you throw this away mom like i don't i just i'll just put it here i don't know what to do with this there are no garbages around they don't have uh, recycling at this particular cemetery this is going in the ground anyway the receipt from my t-shirt that i'm wearing Uh, (laughs) also am i the only person that like saw the part where the the social worker says, hey, you're not old enough to take care of your brother. And I'm like, she's 27 if she's a day. This woman, she she could have been his mother. Yeah, no kidding. She has a hip bone for a jaw. She does. She has a strong jaw. She looks kind of like Buffalo Bill wearing Ronda Rousey as a skin suit. (laughs) If if I had to describe her. Whose wife said we were mean? That's bullshit. We are not. (laughs) Like, in a good way. Ronda Rousey. It's a compliment. (laughs) One of the foremost female athletes in the world. She is the most beautiful member of the Leno family. For sure. By far. And, fun fact, the only athlete I can name. (laughs) I think you're selling Kayshawn Mankins a little short there. So, okay. So now it's time for the kids to go home and pack their things so they can go off to their broken homes. And we learn... These kids are in California. And... and (laughs) We basically, we see L.A. through the eyes of Mormons who have never been outside of Leeds, Utah. Which is just random Mexicans standing around doing drugs and holding guns at each other like this. And, just and just by the- two black trans women taking turns stabbing each other outside the front door. Just, All right, now you go, Crystal Butter. Ow. My turn. Ow. 
And by the way, that the, the location was like BYU student housing. Yes, it was. So this right. was right. supposed to be like Compton. <laughs> but you could clearly see like a ward house in the distance. <laughs> but it is scary enough that what happens is that they get out of... I don't mean to jump the gun on this, but they, they all get out of the car... And social worker gets so afraid of the street toughs hanging out yeah. nearby that he's like, you guys go do your thing. I'll be back in an hour. Yeah, exactly. Like, I know that I'm in charge of you and I'm responsible for your welfare and safety, but these people are scary. Go yeah. pack your shit and I'll be back. It was either that or he realized he could get blown cheap in that neighborhood. <laughs> also, can we talk about, because we've, we've already seen it twice and it's going to be a big part of the show. Can we talk about that guy's fucking car? Oh, my God. Mark, okay. Mark almost died. Okay. So I'm a movie guy. That car, it is amazing. At the funeral, this lavender, you know, Plymouth Quasar, whatever the fuck this thing is. I think it's a Ford Aspire. A 94 That, that is an Ford optimistic Aspire. name. And it, the windshield is so caked with dead insects and salt and sadness and tears. Like... It, it is disqu- if anybody who works in movies that was on that set when that happened, you're fucking disqualified for the rest of your lives from working on a movie. Seriously, it's so no sad. one on set had Windex. Right? What? It's just it wouldn't have done any good, and the cars just beat to shit. Like the fenders are all beat in. Yeah, it yeah. was sexy. It was hot. <laughs> it was a social worker's that car. That car is obviously a result of someone going, "Well, y'all could use the car my daughter dad in." <laughs> if you ain't afraid of hints. <laughs> So, so the, the social worker drives off and he says, okay, I'm going to leave. I'll be back in an hour. Kids who don't want to go to the houses that they're being assigned to, don't go running away while I'm gone. So they go into the apartment and they go to run away. And they're going to do it with the most ridiculously oversized goddamn suitcase you can imagine. It's this big. It's yes. as big as the screen. It is a billiard table of yeah. a suitcase. It's a, it's a houseboat. I, have in this <laughs> I feel like apartment. they really haven't sorted out their plan. I think they were both going to get into the suitcase, but they hadn't really figured out how that gets him away. It's like a two-bedroom in New York suitcase. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So the, the, the boy goes, the, the sister is packing. Her name is Kira. The son, or the uh, brother, Brock, goes back to pack, and there's a street thug in his room. <laughs> Named Spree. <laughs> he's in a gang. His name is Spree. He's, he's a want... pretty white boy from Lehigh, and his name is Spree. <laughs> but in fairness, oh. he did have a nose ring, and that is Mormon for bad influence. Well, yes, clearly. So... <laughs> I really wanted them to all be named after candy. Like, this is Skittle. This is fucking sweet tart. And I'm Chuckles. This is serious. We're in a gang. Stop laughing. I'm Chuckles. What the fuck do I have to be candy corn? So, yeah, and okay, so this character Spree, he comes in and he says, Hey, Brock, this is the MacGuffin. Hold on to it for me. It'll come back in the third act. And then the sister comes through and kicks him out. And that is all we get of that scene. And I just, one, again, movie guy, weird note. The only thing on the wall in this entire house is a wrinkled Turkish flag. I don't know why. why? They're yeah. clearly not Turkish. A house with only white people in it. And that's, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so they go out. Now, their, their plan is to take mom's car and drive away. But apparently mom's car has been repossessed, which they can't see until they get right in front of the... Uh, a parking space that it was in. 
Right. Yeah, they got all the way across the parking space and then went, oh, wait. (laughs) And their reaction to this is not like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's, oh, mom, you scamp. Your heroin addiction has gotten us into a pickle again. (laughs) I want that sitcom, just mom blowing a guy behind a dumpster. (laughs) Mom! So, yeah, so they don't have the car they thought they were going to have. The, the, the social worker shows up, and they're like, oh, fuck, we'll steal that. If only one of us knows how to hotwire a car in two seconds with no co- tools in the dark. <laughs> Fortunately, they have an eight-year-old. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, he's, but he's fucking harsh, this kid. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. He's, he, he does wear a gold chain. So yeah, well, right. Sick, Straight sick gangster, yo. <laughs> So they hotwire the car. They go to drive away. But then, just then, uh, a gang of, I can't say Mexicans because none of these actors were Hispanic at all. But they're clearly, you can tell by the, by the voices that they're trying for it, though. Right, S.A.? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is where the real racism yes. just launches. This guy is, the guy is, his name is Russian. I don't it's, it's Yes. It's Alex uh, Petrovich. Petrovich. And yeah, he's a like, Russian. Orale, S.A., what you doing, homes? <laughs> you crazy. I'm going to bust a cap in you, S.A., come <laughs> on. So loco. And mommy, he calls her mommy like 4,000 times yes. in this film. It's yes. like, have you ever taken your racist dad to a Mexican restaurant? <laughs> that was this guy's influence, just he sits down. Well, I think I'll have the jalupas. <laughs> yeah, dad, I think Claire, our waitress, thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> Before we continue, are there any members of the Latin Kings here? <laughs> we have other material we could do. Yeah. Just a, ah, yes, there. Okay, great. We'll alternate. Moving, moving on then. Um, so yeah, so so this kid comes. Oh, by the way, the main, the head Mexican in this movie is named Hitch. Hitch. Spree and Hitch. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking now awesome. I want them to all be famous atheists and also candy. Yeah, there you go. This is Richard Dawkins, a royal fellow of the society, a.k.a. Twizzler. (laughs) You don't want to fuck with Bertrand Russell, man. (laughs) (laughs) He's OG. (laughs) So, so yeah, now, apparently this gang is looking for Spree, the guy with the MacGuffin from earlier, and uh, they they say they don't know where he is, and then they get into a little fight, and then they drive off. This will be very important later, but much fucking later. (laughs) <laughs> so they drive off in their stolen uh, car, and uh, this, the, the uh, Brock says, where are we going? And the sister says, Utah. And I'm like, no one ever did that on purpose. <laughs> and then I remembered that I just did that on purpose, so I had to, I had to erase that fucking joke. <laughs> By the way, can we talk about the music that happened? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Again, uh, they, the writer-director did all of the music for this movie. Writer-director, so auteur. <laughs> Chris Heimerdinger. <laughs> I mean, so the song that starts out, like, they've just gotten out of a very, like, they just had a gun pointed at them by a Latin gang in Los Angeles. And then up starts Pee Wee's Big Top Mormon Adventure. Yeah, right. like, it's the weirdest <laughs> song. It's, like, it's yeah. so, uh, I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah. So, it's like calliope music. It, yes. <laughs> yeah, Mormon calliope music. So they drive overnight, and we have some conversation between the brother and the sister that's boring and goes nowhere. But eventually, they reach this creepy place in Leeds, and they need a pop scare in this moment. 
I it's mean, so amazing. Do they need it? They apparently they want think, it. Yes, they want it. So what they do, they're driving down the road, and all of a sudden they start having trouble with the car. They're using the car as out of gas sound effects. That will not be what it is. And all of a sudden, a kid falls on their hood. <laughs> like a, fucking Spider-Man. In a forest. In a forest. Yeah. And runs then, off. And he runs off. This will never make more sense than it just did. There will Ever. never be a reason. There will be no tree. No. Will, that child just <laughs> fell from heaven. Although, I got to say that I feel like non-Utahns might suddenly feel like they understand why Mormons have such big families. <laughs> if they're all just falling from trees all of a sudden. <laughs> um, so they, and they pull up uh, to this house where a, a, a mother walks out. And so many goddamn kids follow her that they have to know it's a fucking joke. Yeah, it's like a mean thing to do about Mormons. The yeah. amount of children that, like, crawl from underneath the porch and emerge from <laughs> flower pots and just, like, a half-child lumps across the stairs. A clown car pulls up, and I yeah, think 40 right. or 50 it's, more pull It's the pull end out. of every sperm is sacred, yeah. It's the hills have beautiful blue eyes. <laughs> Oh, he's done for the night. So each of us gets to leave after our first applause break. So do I, do we also get, I'm going to, I just need to talk about the tree with the violins. Oh yes, please. Yeah. There's a moment where they pull up as they're pulling up and there's a dead tree with like 14 violins hanging from it, which I just assumed was the Blair Witch Philharmonic. Is that, (laughs) is that what that is? But she reacts like that's scary and not just weird. She's like, oh, I'm a quarter violin. I do not like it. (laughs) So they pull up, and this is apparently, this is Aunt Corinne. She will introduce each of her kids. We will never need to know any of these kids, but they're going to spend time with all of them. And the characters could not be more bored as they announce. Like, she says it as quickly as she can. Like, debate speak. She's like... You remember you and my mom fell out when I was a little kid and maybe we didn't talk anymore and then we were like blah, 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 blah. So I went away, but I always used to spend my summers here. (laughs) Right? Yep. But the key to this conversation is we have to learn that Kira, the the main character has, well, the second main character after the After Effects smoke, had an imaginary friend, a Native American boy named Donnie when she was a kid. Kid Donnie. Yes, Kid Donnie. Kid Donnie. Yeah. So, and all the other, and all the girls that, uh, all the cousin girls are like, I was always so jealous of your schizophrenia. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted an imaginary friend, too. They also, this is where they first start talking about being scared of the whistlers. This also will never make any more sense than it just did. I, I feel like this, like meeting the whole family in the living room was the prequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> right. Like, they're all young. And that girl, Sharon, pops up behind the couch and she's like, I'm Sharon. I can't wait to eat your liver. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Would not be out of place whatsoever. But they play this so weird because they all stand out on a, on a balcony and they, they're like, ah, those woods out there are haunted and full of ghosts and everything. And the woods that they've chosen for this. They are so shitty. Like, it's not woods so much as a wood. Like, yes. there's a, they have like a... 
bent tree, like scrub oak. It's sort, just a two by four. It's right. a wash two by four. It's the wood. It's a tree with a mirror on either side, basically. It's a yeah. Desert wash full of garbage. And like <laughs> this state yeah, is full of beautiful forests. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, that one. <laughs> by the culvert behind the Kmart. That's good. Let's shoot there. <laughs> the ugliest I've I've never seen an ugly forest until this movie. Yeah, right. So and of course at the same time we've got Brock catching up with the uh, with the boy cousins uh, so that we can have this very important side story about the Yu-Gi-Oh cards that we will spend nine scenes on and will never matter. Never matter. This movie constantly is like, hey, would you care for some? Go fuck yourself. Ah, <laughs> you learned a thing. And here's the problem. I have a college education. It's all gone. I don't remember any of the math or the science or the spelling, but people are like, hey, what does he turn into in Miracle Man? Oh, he turns into a wolf, but then later he turns into a bat. <laughs> what was my dad like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and speaking of shit that will never fucking matter or come back, this is also where we meet the dad of this family. Oh, oh good Lord, people. Yeah! Okay, first, quick, quick thing. We have met, Gamcast has met this dad before. Yes. Oh, yeah. This was, as these guys say, the angel Maroni <laughs> in the Book of Mormon, The Journey Begins, standing so- on a kitchen stool in Joseph's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm right. sorry. You cannot pretend that there is a correct pronunciation to anything that Joseph Smith ever fucking said. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark, come back. It's okay. He's just going back there for uh, for Heath's backstage scotch. I had to fart. I did too. You sometimes you go backstage. Yeah. Why would you so, know that too? So, but the the dad in this movie apparently he has a mental defect of some sort. Uh, so he's got like basically memento syndrome, but only with his kids. So whenever his kids come up, they have to introduce themselves. You guys, it's amazing. You need it's. He literally, all of his kids go, hi, I'm Soraya. And he's like, Soraya, I love you. And then the dog comes up and says, woof. And he's like, woof, I love you too. <laughs> hi, Bannister, I love you. And, <laughs> and because he's got 50 fucking kids, yeah. it's like half the movie watching right. this weird. So you're like, this is going to pay off at some point. <laughs> oh, no. You thought that there would nope. be some reason at some point why that happened. Yeah. But, then, but then Kira comes up, the niece, yeah. and mom's like, no, this is... Kira, your niece, please put your dick away. <laughs> no. He's like, I All want away. I want this one to be the wife now. Go away, dry one. Go away. I'm tired of your desert touches. Small mandibled woman. Although, in fairness to her, role play night at that household has gotta be amazing. Oh, mom was mom was old mom was she was a dry hot. Like, she was like, she was nice. He he genuinely thinks he's fucking the cleaning woman every Wednesday. Yeah, like, right. he honestly thinks that's happening. <laughs> he doesn't know who that boy that lady is. So they all sit down for dinner. Um, we get the best actress in the movie, it's the little girl that says Grace. Oh, it's adorable. It was, that was just a little charming moment. I love too that at the end of her thing, she's like, and please don't let us find out. That they both have been sucking dicks all the way across California to make it here. No, she like really does. Up. She's like, please don't, please bless that they aren't in trouble with the law. She actually says this about the new people in there. Did in we their skip home. past the fire pole? I feel like we, we did. We There's did. a fire pole. Hold on. Yes. Thank you. There's right. a goddamn fire pole in their well, house. Well, because the there's house. 29 kids that all have to get downstairs at once. 
Love that. It would I take feel, 15 years for him to all take the stairs. I feel like that's for when dad has an episode. Right? I feel like dad wakes up and he's like, who are you? And they're like, I'm Sarai. And he goes, no way, Lamanite. And they're like, all right, fireball. <laughs> I'll hold him off with a chair. Come on, dad. But I think... Remember my dry mandibles? Come on. I think like most, most families in southern Utah, though, it's, it's very close to the loom. So, yes. <laughs> it is. It's close to the loom. It's just There's I'm trying to paint a picture for you guys here. Did you guys not have a loom growing up? By the fire pole. Oh, I used to fall asleep to my mom just looming away. Correct. Correct, Chiclaw. Correct, Chiclaw. Right? That's uh, not the noise. Uh, no. No. Sizzling and ticking. Those are Yiddish loom sounds. <laughs> It only makes yarmulkes in the Yiddish loom. But if you put skin on it, ugh, the lampshades, gorgeous. Oh. Oh, okay, so it's like gay sons the Holocaust. Holocaust. <laughs> what if you kick your son out of the house, but it makes him survive the Holocaust? How do you feel about that? Oh. All right. All right. Some of you were upset he survived the Holocaust. <laughs> It's good to feel this room. It's good to feel this energy. Noah, start recording right after this. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Press You'd record. You'd be amazed no. what Morgan can do. So, yeah, so they all go to bed, try to figure out what the fuck's wrong with this weird-ass family. And I, wa- I want it so bad for somebody to just say, they're Mormons. Like, like there needs to be more explanation. So the next morning, Kira wakes up, gets in her best Kellyanne Conway going to inauguration outfit. <laughs> What, I, I feel like like a robin's egg blue and strangely bright coral pants feels like a great outfit. Yeah, right. Well, what you need for that is most of a jacket. Well, when you're poor, you can't afford a whole coat. So I you see. just have so- one that comes to about... Her mom sold it for a fix, like the lower <laughs> half of her denim. So now she's going to wander into those haunted woods and have flashbacks about her, her imaginary friend Kidani... And, and, and for the sixth or seventh time in a movie, blow past a no trespassing sign. I'm just, it's making me crazy, but. <laughs> There's no respect for the law in this fucking place. Yeah. And so as she's doing this, and we've got these like weird little pan flute sounds, which I, I guess are supposed to be <laughs> ominous. <laughs> you are a movie guy. <laughs> I think at BYU they taught us, I didn't go to fucking BYU, but I think at BYU they taught us. That that breathy wooden flute means Lamanites. Yes. <laughs> so. That's so the blind will know that there are <laughs> dusky people on the screen. Now I'm just so picturing to mis- Now I'm just picturing missionaries walking through Harlem and they're just like pull out a pan flute. <laughs> 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 That's Some a hell of Asians a pigeon walk you out there. there like, no, not you. <laughs> I, what, I, is this the wrong flute? <laughs> you are... What guys, flute do your I people mean, you're play? Delightsome. <laughs> you're delightsome, at least. And then, okay, so we have this, um, and, they're, and it's, nothing is happening. There's nothing creepy, but they keep shooting it as though something creepy was happening. It's scored as though something creepy was happening. And then all of a sudden, old Grandpa Lee shows up. <laughs> oh, my best. God. It's like... 
Santa versus, and Papa Smurf merged into one person. <laughs> a little bit of Wilfred Brimley. He's yeah. got the suspenders and the, the belt at the yep. same time. Yep. It's like she said, diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. <laughs> into a mirror, and he just pops up behind her. I had, I had fat Ted Bundy because he's a okay. local favorite, huh? <laughs> Ted Bundy. <laughs> the whole All right. of Okay, so it's Classic. like Holocaust, gay sons, Ted Bundy. You're just like... That was all cool. Was that like a team sport thing? It was your son of Sam. You were like, come on, 47. <laughs> Don't make fun of our local people. heroes. We have, we have our local favorites. You, you should leave them alone. Yeah, see, Ted Bundy just cleared the room. Like, someone's leaving for that one. Anyway, back to Grandpa's Pedophiles Woodwright wood, wood Shop. Yeah, well, that's the <laughs> fucked up thing, okay? Because if this movie was about pedophile, murderer, psychotic grandpa in the woods... This intro makes perfect sense, right? It's true because he tries to scare her. He yeah. like does his whole like he's like he starts he tells the tale of the crazy things that used to happen in these woods and he, and and then she goes, "You frightened me." And his literal line is, "I do that a lot," <laughs> which to me, like Jesus, Papa Smurf, like maybe it's time to work on those social skills then because. <laughs> Not nice. Yeah. Not cool. And, or, he, and he follows that with, I used to scare your grandma too. <laughs> and then one day I finished it. <laughs> <laughs> because grandma's not in the movie. Right. <laughs> he doesn't go, oh, I miss her. He goes, used to do that to grandma too, period. <laughs> so. But he, he, he opened that scene by saying, I saw you come into the woods. So I followed you here. Again, it's not the psychotic okay. killer. Yeah. Yeah, so now, like a fucking idiot, Kira's going to follow him back to his warehouse full of sharp objects. Don't do it. Right? <laughs> but apparently Grandpa's job is to carve violins because apparently violins are carved. Sure. Who knew? Eli has the floor. The other side of my couch just started screaming. <laughs> I'm not sure my wife is aware that I'm real. She might think I'm like a bad dream, and I get it. Look at me. But when Grandpa comes out and is like, I've figured out Stradivarius's secret varnish, it was just... <laughs> from the other side of the room, just all rage and anger... Uh, would anyone care to point out what it turns out Stradivarius' secret was? Well, you see, when you want, if you want to make a perfect violin, you have to carve a thanks to God in the violin. <laughs> That's how he makes the secret amazing violins. Now, is that pointed? <laughs> like a gymnast with a broken ankle. Thanks like, to it, God. Oh. It, was, it was like you guys expected me to actually give out Stradivarius the secret. They're like, fuck, man, we're going to make some bank off of this shit. <laughs> also, not for nothing, but like this violin maker in Leeds, Utah, has created a nautical-themed violin <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with a ship inlaid yes. on the back and an anchor in the little nook thing. Like, what? I think that's yeah. the only violin they could borrow from Leeds High School. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it had a ship on it. Yeah. <laughs> also, they couldn't borrow a violin player. No. Who knows? Oh, he, no. This actor is baffled by the concept of violins. Like, they edit around it, but, but like, 
We watch this guy. He like licks the violin. He shakes it like a Polaroid. He's, he puts his face inside it, blows, and like nothing happens. He has no idea. He might as well lay the violin on the table and just like sword fight it. It like throws an arm, and the music being played has no. He's just like. He puts it inside the violin, stabs it through itself like a Japanese businessman that failed. And then, <laughs> boom. Although, okay, in- so Ted Bundy, Japanese businessman, gay son, Holocaust. <laughs> By the way, that's the name of my new band, Ted Bundy, Japanese businessman, gay son, Holocaust. We're playing here next week. Please come. <laughs> it's just drops of Jupiter over and over. <laughs> Oh, internet says that show was just canceled. (laughs) Curse you music business! So yeah, so we learn that Grandpa makes violence when he's not fucking breakfast cereals or whatever. And then we cut back over to the gangbangers because we have to advance that important element of the story. This is where Hitch comes in and finds Spree and we get an honest-to-God, unironic Hitch slap in the movie. But it's like, again, it's like... It's like if you're getting a facial, but you only have, like, two minutes. <laughs> uh, oh, ooh, that, okay, that's quick. Quick, Taiwanese yeah. woman, make with the honey. <laughs> that works for either of your definitions of facial, which is fun. <laughs> yeah. Come by New York sometime. We do it right. So, yeah, so they slap him around. He says, hey, I gave the MacGuffin to the kid. He's supposed to call me later in the movie, say, act three breakish, you know, right around there, second interstitial or so. And then we go back to the batshit Mormon family where, where they're diagnosing what's wrong with the car. Mm. It needs, and I quote, a new carburetor and a new alternator, which is at least a That's car a re- part that was in cars they in 1994. That. Yeah, that could have been. <laughs> and the flux car. capacitor was fine, it turns out. <laughs> fine. And then, right then, mom gets a call from California Child Protective Services saying, hey, you know those kids that showed up? They're, uh, they're fugitives from justice who stole my car. It's important to note that mom, at this point, is so covered in dough. <laughs> Literally, arms, face. Yes, it's, yes. It's she, like a baker's bukkake party. <laughs> it's every part of her. She looks like she was in a gag making pizza pie. <laughs> Lucy and Ethel. She's just it's fucking right. covered in dough. And don't you people pretend like half of this audience didn't have like wet dreams about Mormon mothers covered in dough. I know you all did. I certainly did after this movie. Right? Um, so and and by the way, her her response is, "Oh, uh, the kids are uh, wanted by the law. Stole your car. Oh, their mom's dead. They didn't tell me. Okay, bye." And the guy's still in the middle of going. And by the way, another thing. Yeah, another important like, thing. No, I got my dough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And hey, d- does that ever come back? No. That social worker got hung up on. He was like, "That's the last time, Gerald." <laughs> <laughs> I just shot myself in pantomime, everyone at home. I did it under the chin because I meant it. (laughs) But we are not recommending you shoot yourself under the chin. This is a joke. And if I were joking, I would tell you, you always want to point it up towards the base of your brain because that's what controls 
The most, I'm just saying, don't ruin your dad's weekend. <laughs> People gotta roll you around to baseball games, pretend you think things from now on. <laughs> I'm finding you by the end of the night. And I'll it's have critical a joke to wait. Lost all of you. It's oh, critical to wait until the life insurance kicks in, too. Right? <laughs> oh God. Amen. So okay. So mom hangs up. She goes outside to talk to Kira. And I, I have to point out that 40, at least 40% of Mark's notes are lighting related. Dude, <laughs> this is the most alarmingly fucking lit movie I've ever seen. Did you it's not like, enjoy it? Because there was a lot of light. It's like, <laughs> there was more than most Christian movies, there was actually light. Yes, there was. <laughs> I mean, the, more into the sense that, like, is Leeds, Utah closer to the sun than the rest <laughs> of Earth? The most beautiful times of day to shoot a movie are in the morning and the afternoon. So they're like, no, fucking noon. Every day, <laughs> yes. every minute. And you can just see the people, like, they're dying in this light. They're so hot. And I think so one of the actress's hair caught on fire at one point. Yeah. It was yeah. just... It was, it was fucking painful. So now we have to, the movie has to go check on in on Brock because there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! side story that we're not even going to get into because it's stupid. It's basically, though, it's just a way for us to get to the big earthquake, right? Oh, Great yeah. segue. It's so smooth. Yes. Yu-Gi-Oh! Speaking of which, earthquake. Yeah, you exactly. Need a natural disaster in your movie. The best way to get into it is 85 minutes of Yu-Gi-Oh! Deep Cuts, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, a blue-eyes white dragon. Obviously, that expired in volume two of the set. So unless you're planning not to play professionally, Brock, unless you're planning not to play professionally, Brock, we're going to need you a new set of cards, asshole. What, are you running a green Magic the Gathering deck, too? Piece of shit. <laughs> rumble, rumble, rumble. Rumble, Suddenly, rumble, rumble. Earthquake. Kayshawn Mankin. Um, so, so yeah, so then we get an earthquake because apparently someone stole all the letters of the Jewish alphabet or something. That's so much better of a reaction than I got at Platinum Night. Thank you. Um, so, Platinum no, you Night guys... was like, I don't listen to the show. <laughs> don't care for it. <laughs> you guys are mean. So, so they have an earthquake, which causes a power outage. So we get to see what this family would theoretically look like if they all slept together in the living room. You know, like you do after an earthquake. It was hot. <laughs> like, why Why would it, for heat, why would you I do that? No. Like, like, dad just, like, rolls from out, from inside the fat kid, like a taunt. Was that not a tauntaun? I always forget. <laughs> what? He didn't introduce himself as the problem. He didn't say he was my son. Tauntaun, my boy. <laughs> That's on him. He knows I have the memento thing. <laughs> Oh. I'm going to cut you open if you don't explain. <laughs> You're Thank a bad you. son. I'm a good father. That's John Bonanza. See, this is why. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, Andrew. Just If you would, Andrew, just raise your hand. I might need you in a hurry. So, okay, good, good. He guided me through the suicide bit like an orchestra. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> so you've heard a lot of my singing tonight. Yeah. Like an so, angel. Kira, so the, the power comes back on the next morning. Kira wakes up. It's a miracle. Yeah. 
slept in her belt, which is fucking weird. And then she, she wakes up and she goes back out into the creepy woods. So she, she's walking through and she sees this, I guess this is supposed to be a fault line, which is actually just a trowel being dug across. Yeah, it's like it's like the main scenic like element of this movie, and it could fit in a golf bag. Yeah, it's like three feet long and six yeah. inches wide. You're like, oh my god, it's a rift in space time. Yeah. There's actually it's like oh no, it's plate. just a driveway. There's a crack. six foot tectonic plate that can cause earthquakes. Right it's true. The Leeds plate. Yes. <laughs> Someone drew a pussy on duct tape and laid it on the ground. They're like there. <laughs> Made your prop for your movie. And she's scared of it. So she sees it. And yeah. she doesn't know. She like steps over it. She thinks she sees something and she goes she's back. She's maybe supposed to do a run double jump or something. Yeah. yeah. She, she's acting like me at the edge of every dance floor ever <laughs> in my life. Like, oh, there's a darker person doing terrifying stuff. I just think I saw a Lamanite. No, I'm going to go back. <laughs> she runs back behind the line. I'm on base. I'm on base. I'm safe. And you know, Heath, if you dressed like she did, I would dance with you. Oh, huh. Really? Yeah. Okay. Tight, high corduroys and whatever that green top was. I have a change in the back. He doesn't like full jackets. The really nice part is that we get to see close-ups of her Siberian combat boots. (laughs) What the fuck was going on with those? (laughs) Yeah, they were like like Admiral Bird's exploration (laughs) ice climber boots. (laughs) Right. So, and when, but now, when she steps over this rift, she, she suddenly sees... An engine? Yeah. Hey. I, I call him Osmond Mocha. <laughs> <laughs> He's beautiful. His teeth are spectacular. <laughs> Truly, like, he's. I mean, we learned that he's, like, from ancient times or whatever. This man had teeth like you would not believe. Actually, oh. I think we may have a picture of him. Do we have a, do we have a picture of this gentleman? We're going to... Yeah! yeah. You know, like Indians looked. Right. Well, like oh. Jews looked. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to be a Nazi about this. But before we get rid of this picture, I just need you all at home, people at home, the, his, uh, his sword, so that it's not ridiculous, um, <laughs> is wrapped in duct tape. You see that? <laughs> yes! Duct tape right there. Yes! No, wait. The, there is duct tape, but I feel like that, on the outside of that, there's some, some bands of scotch tape. Which I think give it a little bit of extra oomph. I think it's... Like uh, that would be the most anachronistic thing. Certain He's carrying a fucking sword. So yeah. that should pretty much do it. Um, yeah, so he, she sees <laughs> this guy. He, he looks like he just killed a Roman soldier and like a Chippendales dancer <laughs> and also like alien and predator and he just uh, took a couple accessories. Yeah. He, looks, right. he looks like a very specific form of Mormon stripper. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not looking for a Galliantin. Do you have an anti-Nephi-Lehi? <laughs> Bill, you're up, and he's just in front of a giant closet of furs and feathers. Do I have a scimitar yet? Yeah, no, this is the time. (laughs) That makes sense. What's great about this? So, so like he says to her, like she runs away, and then she comes back, and he's she's like, "Well, what are you?" And he's like, "No, no, no, I'm your old friend that that was your imaginary friend. Don't worry, it's me, Kadoni. I dress like a leather turkey now." Yeah, and it turns out he does. It's 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 the best description ever. It's like he 
He's a mascot that stands out on the corner for a fucking turkey restaurant. Yes. Like, <laughs> Butterball. Now, but this, of course, freaks her right the fuck out. So she runs home, runs up the stairs, climbs on the bed, hugs a pillow, and then she's like, man, now I'm done. I'm going to go downstairs because that scene's over. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so she goes down to join uh, everybody for breakfast, and they say, oh, it's amazing. You know, they tr- said so the epicenter of that earthquake was right by our house, so a bunch of geologists are coming out to check things out. And geologists. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, her they're, fucking reaction is, geologists, like, I'll have them nowhere near my fucking home. Like, so just to be clear, the bad guys in this movie right now are a social worker uh-huh. and a field of science. Yes, so. <laughs> that's the bad guy. That's the bad guys in the Book of Mormon, too. Yeah, they, they. That's <laughs> true. It's the bad guys for that whole religion. They don't like either of those things. This family talks about geologists like Newt talked about the aliens. Yeah, right. Just don't move. They only come at night. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't breathe. Dark. So, yeah, so, but now she, I guess, has to go back out and tell Kadonai, uh, that's the guy that you guys just saw on the screen, she's got to go back and tell Kadonai that, you know, to look out for the geologists because they will geology him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, what the fuck is she afraid is going to happen? They're going to measure the shit out of you. Get the fuck out of here. They, they scrape some dust off his shoulder. Hey, man, you're fucking impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You ruined my brown Osmond. I was going to ride that. like. <laughs> so, yeah. And by the way, if you're curious, no, the geologists will never show back up in this movie. We're done with them now. So she rushes back off into the woods to finish the scene from earlier. She steps back over the go-back-in-time rift. And uh, the Indian dude there, they finally have this conversation. I want to point out, by the way, this dude is every bit as Native American as Eli. Well, no, now, in fairness to him, if your people came from Israel to the Americas, it only makes sense that they would look like a Polynesian, right? Well, right. Isn't that what... That's... <laughs> So she goes back in, and she's and now we have to have the suspension of disbelief moment where these two characters are like, "Wait, I'm from back in time. You're from back in time. What would that even mean?" Yeah. She goes, "You're from the past." And he goes, "The what?" Yeah. <laughs> so, pretty sure they had past in the past. <laughs> what the fuck? Does that mean? It would be awesome if it turned out he was Adam. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, that just blew my mind. <laughs> Dude, I'm the first one. There is no past. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is Apple? So, <laughs> the Joe Smith in this movie is like, hold on. Did they have the past back then? <laughs> Sorts. So he explains to her that he's a Nephite warrior, and all his people have fled to Zarahemla, and he starts to, like, angrily summarize the Book of Mormon at her, but then she has to cut him off because you can only get two sentences in before it sounded really fucking stupid there. So she gets about two sentences in, or he gets about two sentences in, she's like, wait a minute, none of this shit makes sense. He's like, yeah, I'm glad you cut me off, actually, because it wasn't about to get better. And, and then, of course, she warns that the geologists are coming, and, of course, geologists... Run, geologists, run! Yeah, right. Save yourselves! <laughs> Your tape-bound sword is useless against them. So... <laughs> Just compasses start to stick in trees next to their heads as they run away. <laughs> 
So, yeah, and now she goes to take off, and he tries to stop her, but she walks right through him. Pretty yeah, fucking very sexy. sexual. Yeah. It yeah. was if, if so fuck, yummy. She yeah. was time pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to fuck, though, I want to see them use the time rift thing. Yes. Yeah. It's like a glory hole, right? Yeah. Yes. You want to see it? You stick your dick through it, and you see what happens. You want to test oh, it. Oh, she's just sucking a 15,000-year-old dick? Exactly, Eli. <laughs> You get me. You get me. <laughs> R.I.P. You, you have to. <laughs> All right, so she goes to head back out. Her brother's like, you know, who are you talking to? She's like, nobody's like, I'm not buying this. You weren't hanging out with a fucking hippie knee fight bullshit. Come on, come clean here. And all the kids hear him saying this, and they're like, oh, you met one of grandpa's ghosts. So again, grandpa kills people in the back. He's like, what was all that screaming last night, Grandma? Oh, it must have been one of them ghosts. Whistlers. It was whistlers. The, yeah, you heard the whistlers. What do you think he makes violins out of, Noah? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful nautical violins. <laughs> now, that would have been an awesome, like, the, it turns out the secret to the varnish is Soylent Green. Yeah. Now, that, that would have been an awesome fucking twist. Work your fingers on the trachea. Fret. <laughs> <laughs> So she goes to see Grandpa to ask him what a Nephite is. And he says, it's pretty solid evidence that Joseph Smith ran out of creativity about three pages in. It's like an old-timey Mexican Jew. Like, in a good way, I guess. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. It's wonderful because even the movie can't have him explain it. He just goes, oh, they were a people who lived long ago. Where? In this hemisphere. <laughs> he does! He does somewhere in this hemisphere. He doesn't even specify if he means east, west, or north, south at that point. <laughs> you know, around. <laughs> you sure do ask a lot of questions. <laughs> I also, I love that she, because she literally does say, Grandpa, what's a Nephite? And he, his answer is, where did you hear that word? As though they're trying to keep, like, Mormons really want to keep their shit a secret. Yeah, right. If there's one thing we know about Mormons, they don't want to get now what's happening in their book. <laughs> and then he gives her a Costco-sized Book of Mormon. Oh, my it's God. Like, oh, yeah. It's the best. He's like, here, this one's from 1888. It still has the N-word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I love to, he goes, now most scholars believe that the Nephites live somewhere in Central or South America. What the fuck do you think most means, Grandpa? <laughs> and, and by the way, my, my little sister is a, um, is a historian and her area of expertise is Central and South America. I was watching this movie at her fucking house. It was amazing. I like, think... is that true? Is that what most of you think? <laughs> I thought you were going to say she was a geologist and I was just, <laughs> I was going to leave again. Run! <laughs> I didn't want to scare these fine people. A compass sticks in Mark's back as he turns around. <laughs> I just love Eli's vision of geologists always walking around with compasses. <laughs> I know nothing about the science. They've got, they've got a rope and a sextant. It's sexton the same as religion. <laughs> To me, test it's all sure. walking around with test tubes and shit. Yeah. Come up to me after the show and be like, "Do you know that the sun is painted green?" I'd be like, "Sure, nerd." <laughs> Am I ever gonna go there? No, go away. 
There's a lot of nice pilgrims you can meet there. Yeah, there's nice pilgrims on the sun. <laughs> and in case you were worried that ancient Nephite time travelers were going to be the least realistic thing about this movie, in the next scene, we now see her enjoying the Book of Mormon. <laughs> and I, I'm not shitting you. She's like, she's like walking around, reading it, just walking through Wait, the hold scene. Wait, let me do the music. <laughs> <laughs> And just like like it's a page turner. She's like anti Nephi Such a good name. <laughs> Solid writing. This is a good writer. Tight. But I and, feel I feel like Mark's leading us astray because these are actual songs with lyrics. Like we're, it, it's that weird Mormon thing of like it's got to be a song. It can't just be instrumental, right? Yeah. I think that was probably the most expensive moment in the movie because it was an entirely built visual effect of a person being able to pretend they're enjoying reading the Book of yeah, Mormon. Right, right. The actress is even like... Uh. <laughs> they had to, like, uh, they had to like CGI oh. out the porn that she was yeah, looking right, at. Yeah, or they, something. yeah they, just, they put a Playgirl in over the pages. They gave, they gave her fine. a kitten to look at. Uh, okay, I can do this. So I guess now she's going to go back out to the magic rock where she meets the, uh, the Nephite guy and, uh, and, and show him the book of the future. And this is where apparently where we were in the script when the writer suddenly realized, fuck, they wouldn't speak English, would they? <laughs> and we have to learn about the divine babble fish of time that is translating apparently the, the spoken words but not the written ones for them. Boss, I, you want us to handle the writing too? No, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I made this new AIDS. It's pretty cool. You guys want to see it? All right, Ains is about there. <laughs> but there's this whole conversation between them, that, and they've had this a couple times where it's like, the rift, it's getting stronger. <laughs> it's getting bigger. It's getting wider. And I'm just, if you just did a super cut of that, of the two of them <laughs> talking about the rift getting stronger and wider, it would just melt BYU's servers. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody do it. So, and this is part of this massive effort in this movie to explain this goddamn time rift in a way that makes sense because they're going to need it to do like eight different and contradictory things throughout the movie, right? Yep. So they're like going like, what do you see when you look that way? Something different than what you see, apparently, sometimes, but not in a predictable way. It's just Stargate with no rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and no fucking. None of it's based on fucking. Like, if you were, like, Well, it comes out. right up to it. It's just, like, every time Grandpa's like, hey, ooh, varnish. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through the rift now, Grandpa. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you fuck tonight, say, I'm going to go through the rift first. <laughs> That'll be fun, right? <laughs> Especially if they weren't at the show. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Sweetheart, it's a jungle in here. <laughs> so, okay, so now the two of them have to talk. They have to go back to the little magic rock and talk about the plot a little bit and explain, like, why was she so sad and why his parents were murdered by Lamanites. And why she's wearing a fluorescent scuba suit. <laughs> <laughs> The wardrobing was so bizarre. Also, since we're on it, we might as well point out that like there are multiple times in the show where she's wearing a spaghetti strap uh, tank top, 
But Mormons know that you're supposed to wear something under a spaghetti strap tank top. But wait a minute, she's not Mormon, so let's put another spaghetti strap tank top under Under the first one. She looked like Joan of Arc. It was just so fucking weird. I genuinely don't think that they all knew that women were allowed to only wear a single shirt. I think there were moments... Is that okay? No, just put another one on. It's just fine. to be safe. Yeah. As long as she's got her corduroy bell bottoms and ice climbing boots, like, <laughs> that the modesty balances out somehow. But obviously, the sexual tension in this scene is so thick you could cut it with a anachronistic scimitar. So that's a perfect spot for us to take a break. <laughs> but first, I want to give Act Three the hard sell here. Will the geologist, the brother, the fat kid, the violins, or dad's head injury ever factor into the story at all? If not, why the fuck would you piss away so much time on them? Will Kira find Grandpa's lotion basket? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the bizarrely lit conclusion of Passage to Zarahemla. Hey, folks. As you can tell from these last couple of episodes, we here at God Awful Movies travel a lot, which is why we're really excited about this week's sponsor, Away. That's right, Eli. And much like our own company, Away was founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK with dead phones, delayed flights, and a bright idea. But unlike the idea that occurred to us in that circumstance, which was... Hey, Noah, when your face veins stop visibly throbbing, you should write down some of the stuff you just screamed. They thought of luggage with power. The approach is simple. They create simple objects that are designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel today. I actually have one of these. I like my Away carry-on because of the four 360-degree spinner wheels that guarantee a smooth ride, the patent-pending compression system, great for overpackers like myself, and the removable washable laundry bag that keeps dirty clothes separate from the clean ones. I get them super, super dirty sometimes. And I like my Away carry-on because it's made with premium German polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength and impact resistance, and very lightweight. So I can slam it down on the terminal floor in a fit of feral rage over the pointlessly invasive theatrics we call airport security in America without damaging the delicate recording equipment inside. You sure can, Noah. You sure can. And I like it because both sizes of Away carry-ons are able to charge cell phones, tablets, e-readers, and anything else that's powered by a USB cord. Anything else, including the things the nice people at Away said I could not talk about charging at the airport in the ad. And each Away carry-on comes with a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll fix or replace it for life. You can even try it with the 100-day trial And if at any point you decide it's not for you, you can return it for a full refund, no questions asked. And their carry-on sizes are compliant with all major U.S. airlines, maximizing what you can pack and still fit into the overhead bin. If you're lucky enough to elbow your way through the bottleneck throng of unwashed human flesh well enough to make it into the plane before the overhead space is full, despite the fact that the airline knew how many of us there would be based on how many chairs they put in. We tried our away carry-ons on this trip to Salt Lake City and before that in Austin, and I have to say, in all sincerity, I had no idea how much of a difference good luggage could make. And for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash awful and use the promo code awful during checkout. Choose from a variety of colors and four sizes and take one more headache out of your travel. Again, visit awaytravel.com slash awful and use the promo code AWFUL during checkout. Away. Traveling will still suck, but their stuff makes it suck less. 
I don't want to give you notes on air, Noah, but I feel like the copy says away first class luggage at a coach price. Yeah, that too. Oh, you surprised me. Oh, sorry about that. Just saw you walking into these woods alone and I thought you you could use a bit of a scare. So, you know, ooh, boo. Oh, thanks, Grandpa. No problem. I like your skin. What? Nothing. Never what? mind. Never yeah. you mind. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back for more of this shit. And we're going to rejoin the action amidst what might be the most useless scene in any movie ever or that ever will be. <laughs> Mark. Okay, movie guy here. So, <laughs> if you know, writing and directing in a movie sh should propel some part of the story or the narrative or the characterization forward. Like, what was it, nine minutes of all of our lives were just fucking expended? Yeah. By two horrible fat boys at a movie theater going, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. <clears throat> yep. That's it. That's the That's whole... It. Well, That's it. I mean, they had... One of them had good reason, because some of the movies were rated things. Yes. So... Yeah. And but the we don't know which Mormon kid could not go to the rated movies. No, we, we didn't know which movies because they could not afford to show the posters. <laughs> right. They yeah. couldn't even afford to mock up fake posters. <laughs> no. They just walked past things containing what should be posters. They couldn't afford a poster for their own fucking movie. You're right. <laughs> to put in those frames. So there's like eight minutes of these two kids just going, I don't know. And then that's it. Yeah. And you never come no, back to in it. In case later on in the movie, you're thinking to yourself, well, why the fuck wouldn't they be watching a movie right now? Yeah, film that, schools forever should examine this scene. It was... Or what not to do. Yes. I'm good. I'm done. Thanks. <laughs> and, and the entire lesson was just don't see R and PG-13. Oh, and I have a music yeah. note for this, this scene, which is Slipknot has been redeemed by the blood of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel like Mormons should worry less about PG-13 movies and more about PG-13 marriages. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Heath Enright, Maybe ladies and gentlemen. Out. That's a Boom. bold statement focus from out. Heath Enright. Boom. You're done. Oh. He's out. Thanks, Get Heath. out of here. <laughs> He's going for the backstage, Scott. Always quitting the show, am I right? <laughs> That's the thing. We, you wrote that in. <laughs> Whatever. So I'm back. I didn't quit. So... <laughs> we Go get off. the very important not-watching-movies bit. And now we have to go back to the house where, like, four different plot elements are all going to descend on us at once just to remind us that they're there. So now the evil Lamanites... They're, they're not Lamanites. They're uh, Gadientans. Right. They're, I probably pronounced that wrong, and I don't give a fuck. Gadienten robbers. Yes, the Gadienten <laughs> robbers are, are, have now managed to push their way through this time portal, and they are now <laughs> descending on... This Mormon household, which is, of course, the center of all of space and fucking time. So they're, they, they, we see the, the Lamanite cam just jostling its way towards the garage where the one kid's working on their Ford Aspire. And he's His about name is to, Skyler, and he's beautiful. He is. He's he pretty is, he okay. beautiful. He has a name, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, Skyler is... is 
un, un, in an unfortunate amount of clothing. Um, but he is greasy. He's all greasy and oh, yeah. dirty. Unfortunately, the Lamanites have chosen no clothing whatsoever in favor of branches and trees and, and stuff. And skulls on their head and covered in blood. It's, it's Temple of Doom cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Temple of Doom meets... John Cusack and say anything. <laughs> I don't want to wait for our lives to be That is over. not the... Uh... You remember when that was the song that he played? No. <laughs> he had his iPhone above his head. We, we can't afford Peter Gabriel, so we had to do that. <laughs> the book of love is long and boring. So, nope, nope. That wasn't, also wasn't it. Um, so yeah, so now, as the Gedeonton robber is sneaking up to eventually not tomahawk the kid, also, Kira is reading the Book of Mormon some more, out loud to herself, sitting on the bed with her legs up, kicking in the background, just she's enjoying the shit out of it. Like, like a 1-900-sex-line commercial, but she's reading the Book of yes, Nonsense. Yes. She's fucking loving it. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, second Alma, I feel so dirty. <laughs> Call oh, me. God, tell me there's not a second Alma. <laughs> Is there I, you a know, motherfucking second Alma? <laughs> Are you serious? I quit the show. All right. Uh, welcome to God Awful Movies with Mark and Dan. Welcome to Thank God I'm Atheist. the show. It's our show now. Okay, so... No, you can't. No, you can't come back now. You all left. It's over. It's our show. So here's the here's the amazing irony: is that Dan and I, who grew up Mormon, have not read the fucking Book of Mormon, and these three guys have. I guarantee, I guarantee you, at least three quarters of the people in this room grew up Mormon. You three know way more, have read way more of the Book of Mormon than anybody else in here. We know everything except the pronunciations at this point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that we do know. So, the no Book show. of Riceroni. <laughs> no show with me and Lucinda on it was ever going to pronounce all the words correctly. <laughs> all right, so we got these Lima Lammer Lammers, whatever. <laughs> You nailed it, Lucinda. First try, every try. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. I, was, I don't know if Lucinda's ever been here while you were doing your Lucinda impersonation. So. Do I not do a flawless Lucinda? Hi, everybody. It's me, Lucinda. I hate men and I love misogyny. <laughs> Sweet lip. She has a song now? A little jingle at the end? You haven't heard the Lucinda song? I never heard the Ask jingle. Ask Lucinda to do her song Lucinda, for you, you have later. A jingle? <laughs> Hold on to her and do not let her go. <laughs> how hard she screams and ask her to do her song. Oh, Andrew, could you come up and do a disclaimer on that one, please? <laughs> Andrew just oh. cartwheels across the stage. Don't do anything! <laughs> Don't touch my clients! <laughs> So now, in addition to the Gadianton warriors showing up and the kid reading the Book of Mormon, the, the little son, the, the Brock kid, has called the... the <laughs> okay, so Brock calls, Thank he you. snitches. And first yes. of all, he's, what is he, a 12, a fat-ass 12-year-old yeah, yeah, gamer yeah, yeah. that mm -hmm. just lives on Mountain Dew and Cheetos, and he knows what a landline is. <laughs> He's like, oh, there's an iron. My mom used to iron clothes with that before she died of a heroin overdose. 
Yeah, so he calls up and he thinks he's talking to his buddy Spree, but Spree apparently has an a, answering yes. service. <laughs> so yeah, so he calls up and they're like, "Oh, you know, Spree's not here, but uh, he told me you could leave your message with me." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm in Leeds, Utah, and uh, we could really you guys, use you guys out of here, like moving this plot forward a bit. So <laughs> whenever you can make it, that would be great." Hey, man, we can be there like Act 3. Does that work for you? Is this the time when we point out that one of these fake Chicanos has Charlie Brown stripes <laughs> buzzed into his hair that, all around? Ama- so someone in this movie was like, all right, so what do uh, fucking Latino people look like? And then somebody was like, oh, uh, Charlie Brown t-shirt haircut. <laughs> it's the weirdest. It's this zigzag. Yes. like. Like a two-inch thick zigzag that goes all the way around his head for yeah. no reason. <laughs> the guy that taught Grandpa to play the violin cut that guy's hair. I see. <laughs> it's fucking nightmarish. That dude was super useful on that set. Yeah, he was one of two guys on that set. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, now, so at, at this point, no, and, and the Getty Anton that was wandering around the house looks in the window, and one of the girls sees him and screams and whatever. So now Kira has to go back out to her Nephite warrior and ask why the fuck blood-covered people in skull hats are showing up at the house. And this is where he first explains that these are the Gadiantans. And I, we haven't got. I think this is in third and fourth Nephi, so we haven't gotten to this part of the book. But immediately I started writing in my notes, I bet their leader is named Gadianton. Ha! <laughs> their leader is named <laughs> I bet named they, land, they live in the land of anti-Gadianton. Ha! Ha ha ha! Psych! Naya. It's Getty Anton High. Yeah, Fuck it was. You. It was. Fuck you! I mispronounced it as all. And also, like, because this is ahistorical, it's not actually racist. But the way this guy is describing the Getty Entons, he's like, "Well, they're too lazy." To, this is an actual quote. He says, "They're too lazy to do any work on their own. They just live <laughs> off of others." And he's like, "They are vermin." Yeah, They're, and I'm like, huh, movie. This is racist, even by Mormon standards. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they claim to be born around here, but they're—we're pretty sure they're from Kenya. We got a guy <laughs> paperwork. I like that he called them a secret society. I, it felt a little like it, it, these guys are the Lamanite Illuminati. Is right. what these people yes. are. <laughs> it's a Lamanati. <laughs> you beat me to it. You. We'll bastard. cut that out. It's a secret. <laughs> I was sitting here as hard as I could. Blood streaming out of my nose. <laughs> Layman looms. Loom, Laymanlin. Flamers. They're the lemurs. And he just. The hardest anyone's thought about naming a Mormon thing ever. I'm the Mormon Eli Bosnick. So. <laughs> now, Layma Bosnick. Damn it. This was like a pretty good name. Eli Christiansen. So, so, also, okay, so this is. Now, this is also where we have to introduce the very important horn prop. Uh, apparently, the Nephite warrior has a horn that if he blows this horn, then somebody else will blow their horn, and the whole army will come. Keep uh, talking, Noah. <laughs> Keep talking. I like your version of the movie better. <laughs> so she says, hey, you know, I saw some Gadiantans. So the Nephite runs off to go warn his people. She runs off to go find Grandpa. Now, Brock, the little brother, has secretly been following him behind, following behind him. And when the Nephite runs off, he goes to follow him. It because, you know, obviously this chubby-ass 12-year-old living yeah, in Cheetos and Mountain Dew can keep can up follow, with the warrior. He can follow a 21-year-old professional soldier yes. for like five <laughs> miles. Like, oh, I'm in a stream with my Reeboks. <laughs> <laughs> 
And also, the, and of course, the, the highly trained warrior doesn't hear the fat kid huffing and puffing his way behind him. I wanted them so badly to foley this wrong, and it's just him sneaking through the forest, his Brock behind him. They said it, if I ran the mile fast enough, I could get the presidential medal. That was a torture they did when I was in school. <laughs> Oh, I loved it when they did that because all the little skinny kids kick ass at pull-ups. Yeah. It was nice. I, I did the flexed arm hang, whatever. <laughs> I was able to hang there for 20 seconds without doing any pull-ups, but without falling down. You're welcome. That is because you are 40% Loris. <laughs> so the, uh, the Nephite dude eventually runs through the time portal rift thing to Oregon, and the kid goes through as well, because he wants to see the land of a historical bullshit as well. And suddenly he's surrounded by these ridiculously racist caricatures of Native Americans played by people of approximately my level of Caucasianness. <laughs> they got an Asian guy. They, well, there was one they, Asian guy, yeah. They have every ethnic stereotype the writers could think of. Yes. Like, there was a giant whiteboard meeting of brainstorming, and it was just like, teardrop tattoos, uh... Good one. Okay. A hat made uh, made of human skull. Yes, Got it. yes, uh, yes. Covered in blood. Oh. AIDS blood. Oh. Good. Yes. Do we do AIDS grass blood. skirts? Is grass skirts a thing? Oh, yeah. Keep going, guys. Keep going. This is amazing. E EBT cards hanging around their necks. <laughs> what about, like, big ones? <laughs> so, Drain to society, the Lamanites are. So the, uh, Their women give birth to actual anchors. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anchors, anchors, anchors is uh, right, right here with Ted Bundy. <laughs> so Ted Bundy killing an anchor baby. Okay, so it's weird they conflict if they. Yeah, so it's like a, it's like a negative number plus a negative number. Yeah, exactly. So and while of course while her brother's getting kidnapped by the engines. Kira is finding evidence of her dad in these woods. He's, she's, for some reason, decides to, you know, along the way, decides to start digging into the ground to see if anything important is there. Objection. <laughs> finding a gun buried in the dirt anywhere in Utah is not proof of your father. <laughs> it is just proof that you're in Utah. <laughs> Andrew, am I correct? Do you sustain my objection? Yes. But, I mean... Overruled on the basis that she also found a rope attached to a piece of femur bone, uh, which obviously does prove that it is her father. Inconclusive. <laughs> her father is around somewhere. Inconclusive. Well, but here's the fucking thing. Again, if this is the story about crazy grandpa making violins out of human skulls, finding the rope femur in the middle of these woods makes perfect fucking sense. Right. What the hell was it in this movie? It's just proof that Grandpa's been in the woods. You're like, oh, <laughs> fuck. It was shut up. That's what it was. He's making None a harpsichord. It's a Utah thing. You don't get to know about those. It's okay. And also, when they kidnap the brother, by the way, they also have another captured slave from our time dimension. Wonder who that could be. Who's all bearded and everything. That'll be important. I, I wrote in my fucking notes, Drew, I wonder if that's dad. Um... <laughs> You know Spoiler. what? I, I honestly had lost track of the first scene of the movie so much. But then I'm like, oh, there's some blonde dude. They've got this play. Who cares? She found a gun. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. And please who, stop Who, moving. by the way, is no longer dressed like a hunter, but did, 
Does anyone in this room remember Captain Caveman? Because <laughs> I feel like he's in, like, le- I don't know. Yes. Yes. He's very furry. So now Kira takes the rifle that she's just dug out of the ground, and she, she takes it to Grandpa and demands that he makes goddamn sense of this fucking movie for her. And the, the, Grandpa's reaction to this moment where she's like, you didn't look for him, where could he have been, was, I mean, we looked for two days. <laughs> we, oh, not only that, we looked for him and the elk. And the elk! And we couldn't the find elk. the elk! So where the fuck did that go? The elk, the elk was reported missing at the same time. <laughs> I'm just picturing a milk carton and half on half is just like an elk. <laughs> In the arms of the angels. Now, nobody's story now, checks out. Now, meanwhile, uh, Brock's kidnappers have accidentally wandered into the wrong time dimension. They're in modern times now. And they can't figure out what the hell is going on. And Brock turns to him. This actual line is, don't you get it? You've passed into another dimension. <laughs> yeah, dumbasses. <laughs> right? Figure it out, piece of shit. You people from thousands of years ago in Joseph Smith's imagination. Yeah. So, and now they come across the town. Now, we have established earlier that the Gadiantans are starving because they are too lazy to work <laughs> themselves. And the Typical. Nephites have burned down all the uh, all the crops. We know who he's talking about. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. They spent all their food stamps on lobster, so... So, <laughs> so they come across this town, the town of Leeds, you know, the metropolis where this movie's been taking place, and, the, and all of the, uh, all the evil Lamanites are like, is there food there? And he's like, I mean, McDonald's. No, what's, what's hilarious is... They, so have we, have we established that the blonde caveman slave's name is... Chris, Chris, <laughs> and they're like, "What's your name, Chris?" Yeah, so <laughs> another good they, slap. The the cannibals say, uh, "What's that? What's down there?" He's like, "Leads." What is that? Nothing. <laughs> and then he says, "Houses, people." Oh, and so I was like, "Oh, and Interstate 15, and some municipal and county joint improvements made possible by the 2007 bond initiative that thankfully passed." So the Rotary Park Pavilion, which is great, and the Third Street Culvert really, really helped with spring runoff. And don't forget learning the, the learning annex that provides some ESL reading for our Lamanite friends. <laughs> so there's nothing in Leeds. Oh, Jesus. So... I feel like so, I had to give Leeds a little props. So. Yeah, right, right, obviously. So now we get... We have the Lamanites or the Gadiantans wandering through the uh, the town, and we get another one of those hilarious person from way back then doesn't know how RC cars work. Why is it always RC cars? Do you people have RC cars? I know it's what you get instead of college funds, but is it that <laughs> big a deal to you? Okay, so RC, you're, the fact that but you don't we also- go to higher education is <laughs> Japanese business. Ted Bundy and at this, but not at the same time. And then, <laughs> so now at this point, we, we have to cut back to Kira. She's realized that her brother's missing, so she has to run off and, and find him. At the same time, the gangsters from before are showing up, and the hitch, the main gangster, sees Kira running off into the woods. He's like, "I'm gonna go rape Kira. Y'all go get the uh, the the MacGuffin." Yeah, he's oh. literally. He's like, "I'm gonna handle this." Alone, you guys go in the house because if I know anything about Mormons, they're not armed. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm Carl the Pug of Pegacorn for some reason. <laughs> I have I have family in southern Utah, and if you are going to, you think if if you're pretend Mexican gangsters and you think you're going to do a home invasion of a house in southern Utah, you better be fucking ready for Scarface. Rural, rural Utahns that that decorate their entire property with no trespassing signs. You're probably safe. Yeah, You're no, right. you won't run into any problems there. So we get this scene with the, the Gadiantans, and they, they, they don't know how cars work and everything, and they walk into this gas station. Now, this is one of those gas stations, <laughs> if you've ever been in a, like, if you've lived in a small town at all, you've seen one of these before. It's this gas station, but it's got tables there where you can eat your fucking 7-Eleven hot dog there. And I just wrote in my notes, if there is a hell... For Heath and Eli, it will just be eating three meals a day in that fucking gas station for the rest of time. Not cool. Is that <laughs> not cool at all? I was like, where is the server? <laughs> okay, well, can I, can I speak to the wine concierge at least? <laughs> all right, I, I'll have three donuts to start and um, then six donuts. I want to do the tasting menu, then- but I don't. Three more donuts. Just bring it all together. Give me. I want a box of donuts. Why are you here? Why is this table service? This is fucking stupid. Okay, so there's there's a line in here that's amazing when these blood covered uh, cannibal savages walk in, uh-huh. and a bunch of these rednecks are sitting around, and these guys had no idea what was happening. But somebody says, "Y'all with the manta pageant." Now, what what these guys don't know is that the manta pageant is a sad, shitty, giant outdoor play in, in central Utah where white kids get themselves all smudged up in brown face oh, God. <laughs> to do Book of Mormon stories. Oh, See, yeah. this, this feels like You Harvard. guys need to come back next summer. We're all going down to Manti. Oh, yeah. Manti back oh, yeah. Everyone's invited. You're all coming. That's we're all, like we're going to ruin it for all of them. <laughs> John Manti. Okay. So, hey, look at would you look at that? We're running behind. So So now, okay, so they 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 trash the gas station or whatever, figure out how to eat donuts and then they steal a car, but they need Chris, the the dad from earlier that's been kidnapped. They need him to drive because they don't know how it works. So now he's driving them along. The time dimension rift portal thing suddenly works different than it has in the rest of the movie. Yeah, the air to the left of the car gets wobbly, and he, then he knows what to do. Yeah, right. He knows if he, if, he, if he just slides in like so, all the bad guys will disappear back into their time dimension, and they won't. And the, him and, the, and Brock, the, uh, the kid. And Brock gets out of the car, and he goes, what the fuck? Fuck, how does this work? Dude, earlier, everyone went through it. And Chris is super confident that this is how it works. So confident that he's like, oh, yeah, no, that's their dimension and this is mine. And to prove this, the Galliantons try to stab Brock with a spear, yeah. but it just goes through him. And this was another one of a hundred fucking times that someone failed to kill Brock. Yes. <laughs> I hate this movie. But it- <laughs> It felt like a weird test, right? You've been through this portal once in ever, and you're like, oh, yeah, stand right in the way of that spear, kid. Trust me. <laughs> I've been through the portal a dose times. <laughs> <laughs> What's also great is that one of his next lines is, you can't predict how the rift will behave. Yeah. <laughs> he literally says that after he has just 
fully predicted everything that's going to happen. <laughs> or maybe he liked this kid as much as Mark liked this kid, and he's like, no, walk up to this pier. Yeah, walk, walk right up to it. Yeah. It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's weird because on it. you can it was dis- writer, director, composer, auteur, <laughs> Chris Heimerdinger, delivering yes. that line. Yes. This is the universe he created yeah. <laughs> that he clearly did not even understand. No. Like Stradivarius. But you can disappear Lamanites is the key. Yeah. Right. Is the key. If Trump sees this movie, we're going to be just like stuffing DACA kids into like DeLoreans and shooting them with lightning bolts. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. They're fucking gone. We don't need the wall anymore. Hold on, kids. I'm waiting for the air to get wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still back there. Never mind. <laughs> Suddenly, so, Leeds, Utah is a sanctuary city. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile, Grandpa is piecing all this shit together. He's back home reading the Book of Mormon going, wait a minute, I think I understand this. And as he's doing his VO reading it aloud from the Book of Mormon, we see Dad and Brock rushing through the woods together, uh, Lamanite ghosts just popping up left and right. All of them, by the way, have the same, like, I'm going to scream as I run at you attitude of killing people, which seems counterproductive. <laughs> uh, and, and they're just popping out of portals all over the place, but they're running at full speed with weapons out. Yeah. So that means they were just running around, <laughs> like, swinging weapons at oh. nothing, hoping to hit a portal. I really want to see that. Can we, like, do, can we do the billionaire remake where one of them runs out and he doesn't know that there's a tree on yes, the other side of the yes. portal? <laughs> One portal is like eight inches up or something. Yeah. They could have just laid out a ton of rakes and defended <laughs> themselves. <laughs> also, this is where uh, Hitch, the evil Mexican, comes across. T- I, mean, I know that's redundant in this movie, right? Um, but Hitch comes across Kira, all helpless and rapable out in the woods, and he wants to know where the goddamn MacGuffin is. If this is the first time they explain to us what it is. Either. By the way, they, they tell us it's a quarter of a million dollars worth of drugs. No, no. He just says quarter million street value. Yes. Well, I assume that was drugs. I guess it could I have. was thinking printer ink. <laughs> it's, like, it's a very small bag. Yeah, I don't no. think you can fit that much drugs into that bag. <laughs> I it's thought it was. Worth, a, it's more than drugs. It's I thought worth, it was a quarter million dollars in municipal county bonds for. <laughs> Road improvements in Leeds. And I'm like, no wonder he's pissed off about it. The voters voted on this. Yeah, so we find out it's a quarter of a million dollars worth of drugs, and he also is going to go ahead and rape her. But just as he's about to get to the raping, the Nephite warrior shows up to protect her. So he picks him up, throws him off, smacks him with a uh, spear. And with, then, with the dull side. Well, he doesn't yes, want to yeah, hurt him. Well, right, right, obviously. And because this guy is Hispanic, of course, he has his switchblade, which he pulls out. Kind of odd, since we'll find out later that he also has a gun. Yeah, well, yeah. I, think he's, I think he's into de-escalation and proportional <laughs> response. <laughs> so, like a Puerto Rican in the movies, he starts with the folding knife. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, the, wor- it's the, the fighting ethic of the Russian-Mexican. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, and so now we have a switchblade versus a spear. Seems like a huge advantage for the Nephite. But he knocks him over, and then he, he knocks him unconscious and hugs Kira and everything. But then Hitch stands back up, 
And he's like, oh, I forgot. I totally, I fell on my gun or I would have never remembered that it was also back there. I feel pretty silly. I got to be honest. <laughs> because now I'm going to have to scramble around and find my knife. And everyone's going to be like, hey, man, I heard you tried to use a knife in a knife fight. <laughs> I don't want to get into so, it. So, of course, he wakes up and he shoots the knee fight and drags Kira away. Is the knee fight dead? We'll have to find out later. Suspense. Kadona! Is <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, and, and Hitch's bunnies, of course, are off back at the house kidnapping the Mormon family. And I love this because these guys are from L.A. They have no idea what they're getting into. They go into the Mormon household and expect, you know, mom and maybe dad, maybe one, two, even three kids. I did not it's expect to see audience. a fucking loom, man. <laughs> yeah, instead, What the fuck is this place? <laughs> Instead, they're in a consulate in Mumbai. Just like, yes. fuck! Remember, they they're in a fucking Puerto Rican airport. So, it's a real tragedy. India. I, I appreciate you explaining that over my Puerto Rican airport joke. It was in bad taste. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, all the people... <laughs> so, and now, by the way, of course, we should point out that because these guys are Hispanic, or at least place at being Hispanic on TV... They all have, like, AK-47s, you know, yep. like Hispanics. So they come in, they, they, they take over the house. Grandpa, though, sees them coming. Mm. So he's going to, like, lay a trap for them. But first, he's got to go find Kira and the Nephite to help him out. This is when we discover, by the way, that, no, Kadonai the Nephite is not dead. Ah. It turns out that that metal plate armor that Native Americans wore... <laughs> That yogurt lid that they wear just, just blocked a bullet. I think yes. it was a, it's the charger, right? The plate go the the dish goes on top of the charger. I thought when it it's was on the, your chest. That's I, what powers I the Iron the, Man suit. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's again, yeah, movie exactly. guy here, but you guys don't have the keen eye I do. But I saw the Marie Callender's impression <laughs> in the bottom of the chest plate, but they put it upside down. So there you go. Amazing. Those clever bastards. Upcycling. So, so we come back to the house. Now, uh, Hitch just drug Kira back to the house. He decided to just give up on the raping. Too many fucking random anachronistic Indians showing up when he tries to do that. So they go back to the house, and Hitch says, where's the bag that no one in this movie who's in this room knows about? And they're like, we don't know. Obviously, you just said... And he's like, if none of you give me the bag, I'm going to kill one of you every 10 minutes. I'm like, the hostage threat doesn't work unless, like, the person who has the bag also <laughs> hears it. This would be like me sitting in the room by myself saying, all right, if you don't give me a million dollars, I'm cutting off one finger every five minutes. You know what my response to that scene was when he said, every 10 minutes, I say I kill one of you. I'm like... Oh my god! There's like 53 kids. This movie cannot <laughs> go on this much. Like, like, just wipe them out, man. A fortnight later. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I'd give anything to watch the first 10 minutes of awkward silence, where they're like, "So 10 minutes, like, starting now, or like, you're gonna <laughs> I don't kill somebody rush now, you. or in 10 minutes? I don't want to rush you, but like, so in 10 minutes, okay." Do we get to choose which kid? Because we've got a. We don't like that one at all. <laughs> He's a little. So. We were going to kick him out anyway. So. I got to watch Heath yeah. get that joke. He was like, I don't know. What oh! 
<laughs> now, normally, I've been trying to make an effort to explain the visual humor to the folks back home. This time, I won't be doing that. Mormons kill gay sons. So now... Oh, you love it from him. <laughs> it's it, still uh, quitting the show as Eli, as Heath's bit, uh, I, I, I have you know. So Hitch takes uh, Brock and Kira out to the woods where Brock is hidden the MacGuffin. And of course, Grandpa still has to save the people in the house because there's 303 other kids in there. Um, and it turns out, it seems like we would have learned this by now, it turns out that Kira is a ninja. And can just ninja, could a ninja kick that gun out of his hand at any moment? Because here's the amazing thing. This except, except her leg goes like up here. Whoa. Straight up. Whoa. I got that shit. I got that shit. Ladies and gentlemen listening at home, we just learned that Noah has incredible flexibility. <laughs> but what's amazing about this scene is it's obvious they didn't have a way to get the gun away from Hitch. And she yes. was just, like, doing splits in the driveway. She was like, boo, I hate this movie. <laughs> right. That jaw replacement they gave me with a pelvis didn't work. And, they were, <laughs> and Heimerdinger was like, I think I've Heimer done it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's had Heimer done it written on the inside of his arm this entire time. He knew he was going to pull that out. So. But look, if, if you'd like your Heimer done it t-shirts... <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, I came up with a great T-shirt. Would you guys wear this? I, I wanted this so bad at the fucking uh, at the temple yesterday. A T-shirt that just said, "You can baptize me when I'm dead." Right? All right. And that's going to be on our fucking Patreon tomorrow. All right. And you know what's funny? They will. Yeah. They exactly. will. Yes. Well, they were going to do it anyway. I'll be dead, so I won't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> but so there's a moment where Brock. Uh, Gets out of the Model T for whatever <laughs> yes. reason, and Hitch slap like is it? Well, he uses the gun this time. He goes, "Oh yeah!" Again, another opportunity missed to kill Chucky. <laughs> yes, but then Chucky he takes pistol taps him. <laughs> but then Chucky takes Boop. the bag of drogas and, <laughs> and throws them in the well. There's a well here now. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of street drogas in the well, and all I want to see is after this all blows over, the family going, well, that was crazy. Let's have a drink of water. <laughs> Let's cool off. <laughs> How great would that be? <laughs> Just a flash cut to everyone with their shirts off. All right, now me, now me, now me, now me. Okay, movie idea, movie idea, movie idea. Mom, you got any dough? <laughs> I want to chew, I want to chew, I want to chew. That's so... So, meanwhile, okay, so we cut back to the house. Now there's only one gangster left, right? The Nephite took out two of them. Uh, uh, Hitch is off in the woods. So there's only one gangster left to take care of the 411 Mormons that are still in this household now. Seems like they could overpower him. And this guy, by the way, is like me on an airplane. The kid starts crying. The one kid starts crying. He just pulls his gun out. I'll shoot this fucking kid! And I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. I understand. That's why they won't let you carry guns on planes. I get it. So, but also, he's got a fucking shotgun he's threatening a baby with. That, you know, those damn Mexicans. I um, wanted the baby to grab the barrel. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm growing up in Leeds. This is the best out I've got. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Have you heard about their municipal movement? <laughs> so, that joke doesn't make sense. Better cut it. No, yeah. You didn't know what any of those words were, that Mark said were. No, I so. didn't even <laughs> succeed in saying the word municipal. No. <laughs> I was like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Big boy word. So now, of course, it's time for... So now, of course, it's time for Grandpa to come in and kick some ass. So Grandpa comes in, he threw upstairs window or whatever. Grandpa has... Oh, right, he found a ladder. That's why that shitty ladder in the weeds was out there. I'm like, look at all those fucking weeds. I was distracted by the weeds. I didn't notice the ladder. Yes. Now I get it. Okay. I've watched this four times. It all comes together now, right? So, yeah, so he climbs up, and, of course, Dad is a Mormon in rural Utah, so he has a couple of machine guns of his own. So he knocks the guy, he throws a box on the guy from upstairs, and then he comes out, and you see the scene that you saw in the little montage where Dad's standing there with the two AK-47s. Yeah, Yeah, Grandpa, yeah. Literally, this old man is totally there up, like, halfway down the stairs going, Get to the chopper! Yeah, right. (laughs) And there's this great moment where he paused. It's obviously supposed to be his glory moment. He's like, I wouldn't do that. And the music's like, and I wanted him so badly to just use a slur. (laughs) (laughs) The first 11 takes. Or considering the fact that he's got like one AK in each hand and neither of them seem to be pointing in a direction that he's controlling at all. (laughs) Just one of the guns goes off and four children die. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's just called a Tuesday in Leeds. <laughs> so, so now the, the kids have to go. The kids in the woods, they've, they've gotten away from Hitch and the uh, Nephite has shown up to help them out or whatever. They have to find the war horn that's been lost earlier so they can blow that so that the whole army can come. War horn. Yes, blowing things so the whole army can come is an important aspect of this movie. I didn't just make that up. And then a Gadianton warrior shows up to kill him, and it's time for a good old-fashioned engine fight. I, on- I honestly thought the Lamanites were going to hold the bow and arrow sideways, gangster style. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought that was good. I was so yes. sure. That was oh, yes. that would be- I was so confident. No. You know what? It's the little things, man. It's the right? little things. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so the Nephite dude is fighting one Gadianton after another, and, you know, because they're so lazy, he's winning. And she finally, the, the horn falls in the rift. She has to right reach. Okay, she can't get it, but she finally gets it. She blows the horn, and then another horn blows. And then dad has to show up and kill somebody, right? The, the dad character. No, no, this is the moment where she blows, like, there's, well, isn't there the Lamanite that's got her in his sights? Yeah. And he has, he's, he's, the bow, he's about to release the bow. And he's six feet from her. Like, it's yeah. done. And, and in comes, and this guy's like, 6'2", 230 pounds. In comes Brock to tackle. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get that, but then we get an even stupider scene where he's doing the same thing. Now, imagine this, if you will. You've got a bow. You've got an arrow. It's drawn. And then someone comes up behind. The the dad character comes up and shoots him from behind. And you know what happens when you suddenly die while you're holding a bow and an arrow like this? You gently release it. You gently release that arrow so that no one will get hurt. Very carefully... Make sure the tension is off the string, and, and then, then you die. And then in ultimate silliness, we see Dad standing behind him with his pooch, just like... <laughs> yes. But that's, Got him. But that's Heimerdinger. Heimerdinger's like, you be d- damn right I'm going to kill a brown person in this movie. Shot him right in the Heimerdinger. 
director, writer, auteur, composer, <laughs> Chris Heimerdinger. Chris Heimerdinger, come on out. <laughs> so now <laughs> he walks on stage with a single tear down his cheek. <laughs> You guys didn't notice, but that movie was dedicated to my late wife. <laughs> she was killed by Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah, they love it. Yeah. So now dad and I the kids... I love you, John Bonet. <laughs> oh, I, I was so close to cutting that off too soon, right? So now the, the family is reunited. The dad, it turns out he didn't run off on him at all. He was actually just trapped in another time dimension with engines, which is exactly what my dad told me. I didn't believe him at the time. Now I feel bad. Sure you were, dad. Sure you were. So, so and then, of course, a whole army of, of Gadientans show up, but they, can, they only have like nine people. So we just keep seeing like this, you know, trying to make these nine people look in, like a, a, an entire army. They break into the house the dad, remember the dad with the head injury? He shows up now. He thinks they're all his kids. He's, yeah. He sees them all. He's like, hey, you're the one that, I, that has the skull on his head. I, <laughs> I love you, anti-neat by Lehigh scab-covered boy. So they drive off so that we don't have to worry about them anymore. And now the Gadianton army is coming. The Nephite army is coming. We're about to see some action, right? No. No. Here's how they handle the goddamn big battle scene in this movie. The dad and the two kids hide in a wooden shed, and we hear it in the background. Oh, man, sure is a great battle going on out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, did we get that? Cool. This must look really cool. And they hid in a shack made mostly of gaps. <laughs> and they left the light on. He's like, oh, we'll just hide in here. We'll be safe from arrows and spears. Yeah, exactly. These Lamanites have never seen wood before. They won't know how it works. <laughs> They're like the aliens from science. I explained that to you guys last night. They just can't get the door open. You know, they can fly across the universe. They just can't open doors. Makes perfect fucking sense. So, yeah, so late that night, we hear the battle going and everything. There are screams and fakey arrow sounds. And I mean, the arrow sounds are like... <laughs> Yeah, might as well. You know, like a loom. <laughs> I do love that dad comforts the kids and says, don't worry, everything will be all right. How the fuck do you know that? There is a literal war happening yes. outside yes. of our shack. Don't there worry. are the sounds of a war outside right, the shack. Well, yeah. yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry, everyone who dies in this is brown. Yeah. All the white characters will be just fine. Because, yeah, okay, so then they fall asleep that night in the shed, apparently. They wake up the next uh, morning. She goes outside. All There's another earthquake. There's another little earthquake, which I guess closes the time rift. And Kira rushes off because she's got to go find her, her Nephite love, Kadonai. Because the movie has to come to an end eventually, doesn't it? All my notes here are just like, end the fucking movie. Nobody cares. <laughs> just end the movie. What but remember, the remember, Grandpa has been outside all night. Grandpa's been out in the battle. Oh, let's not And I just wanted that. him to be like Brando <laughs> in, in like Apocalypse Now. Like, I'm changed now. I'm different. <laughs> I ate a man's heart. <laughs> Grandpa I, walks into the next scene with a necklace of ears. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think that would have been Grandpa being changed at all. That's kind of what the impression I had had of him it the whole time. It wasn't a chicken. 
Oh, a couple of MASH fans. Go ahead, watch that show with your kids. Go on. So, now, so yeah, so then, of course, uh, Kira's walking around. She's like, oh, no, I'm sad because I fell in love with a Nephite. Now he's gone. So now he rematerializes just in case that fucking time rift was starting to make sense. He rematerializes and has a little goodbye with her. I also love to, at this point, she's like, uh, don't you see my dad and my grandpa and my brother? And he's like, nope. And so they just walk away awkwardly. Yeah, those, They're like, oh, we don't I guess belong in this scene. This doesn't... Oh, this is stupid. <laughs> is the movie over? And it's, it's almost, almost. I because... wanted to, I wanted when he said nope for one of them to fart. Just like, <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> oh. So I didn't want to ruin your moment, but if you can't see or hear me... <laughs> Did I mention I've been trapped somewhere for 12 years where there's no toilet paper? Did I Can mention, we speed this up, hon? <laughs> did I mention that I that Eli farted on me in the backstage? I do a I do a little, like, I always like to, like, get myself pumped up, so I'm doing, like, fucking um, uh, push-ups in the back. Eli's sitting on the couch, still wearing the assless uh, Mormon outfit, and just farts right on me, and he's like, that wasn't on purpose. It's true. I saw it happen. There that, were no... That actually, that's Noah real... already has pink eye. <laughs> Anyway, that's sure. neither here nor there. I just, I got farted on. I wanted some sympathy. Um, say, yeah, eat your heart out, Ray Comfort. You got nothing on me, buddy. Oh, next time I'll do a cartwheel? <laughs> Ray, I'm on a gymnastics team. Hold up. <laughs> and thus was invented the fart wheel. <laughs> oh, that was smooth. Well done, sir. See? Fart wheel. Oh. Fart wheel, what? That was brilliant. Go do it to your friends. And <laughs> that's the end of the movie. It is. We're not, I mean, we're not going to do better than Fart Wheel to nope. close. So, Impossible. yes, that's Impossible. where it ends. Impossible. All right. Well, as if my weekend had not already been awesome enough what, with the Temple Square and the show and the Platinum Night and everything, Heath informed me last night that there is a sequel to this movie. Oh! Heath is pregnant. <laughs> With Kadonai's baby. So, to close things off tonight, uh, and we've, we've run way over time, so we'll have to do this kind of quick. I want to ask for your guys' suggestions of what historical moment from the Book of Mormon you would like to see Kira and Brock visit in part two. Oh, okay. I'm going to say, um, Lamanite Rosa Parks won't sit in the back of the wooden submarine. <laughs> and... And that's, you know, that's a problem. She gets, she gets real uppity, but Kira and Brock's <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. And, of course, before we go, we teased this a little bit. Obviously, you guys are uh, familiar with Dan and Mark from the Thank God I'm Atheist podcast. <laughs> One of the few atheist podcasts that's been around even longer than us. Um, but when I introduced them, I introduced them also as from the how to heretic podcast which you're probably like i've never heard of that because in the real world that hasn't come out yet no it doesn't exist yet it's but magical. when people are listening to this at home it will be out so if you don't mind guys well we still have a couple of minutes can you explain to us sort of the concept of that show no damn it's really good though you no, have no, to no. <laughs> you so go. this is so the how to heretic what we're hoping to do is create a, a slightly different space in the atheist podcast universe unlike this wonderful kind of deep dive, which is a little more entry level, a little more kind of helping people find some language and some dialogue. And so some... imagine you're freshly out of your religion. 
And let's just say it's Mormonism. We're going to teach you how to drink. We're going to teach you. You may not know how to sex yet. We're going to. He will. You may not know what gay is or how to do it. We're going to teach you all of these things. Do you want to know how to drugs? We'll we we'll, we'll check in with Andrew. We will probably teach you how to drugs. It doesn't matter. We're gonna we're gonna get you through all of it. We're gonna uh, talk about all of Andrew's drug odysseys, and believe me, they are infinite. <laughs> This right here, what we're all experiencing, is just an Andrew drug trip right now. So, <laughs> all right, back to you, Noah. Thank you, thank you. And of course, for those listening at home, you can check the show notes for a link to their new show, uh, The How-To Heretic. And for those of you who are listening in the live audience, you're just going to have to wait a fucking week. That's what you got. Um, but uh, of course, before we go, I do have a couple of quick thanks that I want to throw out. Morgan has flown across the country one more time for us. Big round of applause for Morgan. <laughs> for making the sound so great. I've got to say, we have done these shows in, I think, at least half a dozen venues. We have never found any venue that was as helpful and as professional and as awesome as the folks right here at the State Room. So a big round of applause for them as well. Guys, I mean that. I, I very seriously mean that. You guys have been amazing. And, of course, a big round of applause for the lovely Lucinda Lusions, who's right over here taking care of merch for everybody. And, of course, if you guys want to hang out with us after the show, we're going to be going back over to Squatters, which is where we have the VIP dinner. We also have to thank our buddy Doug for setting us up with a great space there. Yeah, Doug! But most of all, of course, we want to thank all of you guys for coming out. Obviously, this show would be really fucking awkward if you didn't. So thank you so much. Big round of applause for you guys as well. And with that, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Joseph Smith was a fucking lunatic. The Hispanics in this movie rejected their criminal ways and eventually became white and delightsome. <laughs> Kira, if you're in the audience, call me. <laughs> Thank you so Lake City and good night. told a toddler to fuck himself. Well, that can't stay in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the outtakes. And besides that, Not he was so them. asking for it. He was so asking for it. Tell me that toddler didn't need to go fuck himself. Sorry, Absolutely. sorry. Beep, he told an adult to go fuck himself. <laughs> I want right. to tell an adult to go fuck himself. An adult. Beep, an adult. All right, yeah. Just having Andrew Cohen beep an adult beep would be a would <laughs> be a great bit. The show a lot, yeah, yeah, a lot. Um, all right, so stopping there. <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright twenty seventeen. All rights reserved.